Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast with Carl Sokia. Aloha! And welcome to the introductory episode of the Human Experience Podcast. I am your host, Carl Sokia. And I don't know if I can describe how excited I am to be able to finally record this podcast, get it onto the interwebs, and in your listening ears, because I have a lot to say. (laughs) I'm very excited to be able to talk a lot about this thing I call human experience and talk a little bit about what's been on my mind in the world of human resources and and what I've observed over the, the course of my career and be able to share some insight with you to hopefully help you to ideate some new ways to make our workplaces better as we really move into this future of work. So first, I want to introduce myself. My name is Carl Sokia. I am located in Salt Lake City, Utah, where I was raised. I absolutely love it here. I haven't spent all my time in Salt Lake City. I was born in a small town on the island of Oahu out in Hawaii, the town of Laie, very proud Laie boy. And then we relocated here when I was a young boy to Salt Lake City, Utah. My mom is from here. My father was born and raised in the islands of Fiji. My mom was born and raised in Utah. And so they decided to come together here. So I have a little bit of Fijian in my blood. I have some Norwegian from my mom's side. So I like to be called the Fiji Weijin, part Fijian, part Norwegian. And some people might think that that's a sign of pride because the Fijians are such great warriors, these Polynesian warriors, and the Norwegians are also these Viking warriors as well. But I take more pride in the fact that we make the best water in the world between Fiji water and Voss water. We just love our water. So I'm a very proud great-great-grandchild of some incredible water makers <laughs> and incredible warriors as well. So moved to Utah. Grew up in the city of Taylorsville. Have two sisters, no other siblings. I had a little bit of a rough upbringing based on the decisions that I made growing up. I was kicked out of two high schools. First, Cottonwood High School in the middle of my junior year, and then Taylorsville High School at the end of my senior year. And then by the grace of a, a wonderful lady named Miss Elizabeth Cash at Taylorsville High School, She allowed me to tutor at night school throughout the summer, and as a result, I was able to get my diploma the following year. I've been a very lucky man. Following uh, high school, I ended up serving a mission for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I served in Riverside, California, one of the greatest experiences of my life. I was not raised in the church. Instead, I started going to church uh, really religiously when I was 21 years old. An interesting time in my life, and it really formulated a lot of my work ethic, being out for that time, knocking on doors and and speaking about something I truly believe in. Upon returning home, it's really funny, I decided I wanted to be a firefighter. While I was out in the mission field, one of my area leaders had said, what are you going to do when you get home, Carl? And I told him, I have no idea. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing out here in the mission field. And he said, once you get home, you need to become a firefighter. You're a strong Polynesian. You've got a great personality. I think you'd make one heck of a firefighter. So when I came back to Salt Lake City, Utah, after my mission, that's what I did. I went through firefighting school in West Valley City and loved it. That was what I really wanted to do. Ended up getting all the certifications I need 
and putting my resume and application out there and started testing with some cities. And while I was doing that, I was living in Rose Park and didn't have a car, driving a shuttle for $5 an hour at a hotel to and from the airport. And that's how my career really started, walking to and from work and driving this shuttle. I was very blessed. Driving that shuttle gave me an opportunity to work a few shifts as a bellman. While I was working as a bellman, I ended up pitching in and helping the front desk agent pick up some shifts and and check people into the hotel. And I became extremely proficient in our systems, and somebody noticed and gave me a promotion and made me the front office manager. This is a young man who barely graduated from high school and had no college education. I just like to grind and work hard and hustle. And I think hospitality is a great industry for me because my personality was really able to thrive. I wanted to serve. I had an attitude of servitude and I feel a good personality. And those two things went hand in hand and really helped me to be successful in my hospitality career. A little while after I became a leader, there was a gentleman who frequented the hotel. And one day he came in and said, Carl, I want to offer you a job. And I said, well, doing what? He said, well, I I work as a vice president in human resources. And I looked at him and said, sir, I don't even know what human resources is. He says, don't worry about it. I think you'd be incredible. Just come and hear me out. So I had to get a ride with my girlfriend, who is now my wife. She actually had to drive me up there. And I interviewed with them, and they gave me a great opportunity to be a corporate recruiter in Park City, Utah. With that opportunity, I learned HR. I learned how to recruit all across the country, leadership roles, hourly roles, and I started to get the hang of human resources. About a year into my role, my girlfriend at the time and I got serious and decided we wanted to get married. And I was on the road quite a bit, so that led me to find an opportunity in Salt Lake that would keep me around. I applied at one of the most beautiful, luxurious hotels in Salt Lake City, and they had a recruiter and trainer position open. I interviewed and asked for an opportunity, and they gave it to me. And there I went, recruiting and training for two of the nicest hotels in the state of Utah. It was an incredible opportunity. Was able to do that for about a year and a half. And then the same gentleman who recruited me to Park City had had since left and joined Starwood Hotels. He ended up giving me a call and saying, Carl, there's a great opportunity as a director of human resources out in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And I just shook my head and said, sir, I don't have a college degree. I only have about two and a half years of HR experience. There's no way I could become a director of human resources. He encouraged me to apply. So I went to my then boss and said, you know, what do you think? And he echoed the sentiment and said, Carl, absolutely. I think you can do it. You're ready. I believe I was 26 years old at the time. And I remember flying over for my interview and I sat across the general manager and I remember he looked at me and just asked why he should hire me. And I remember telling him, well, If you're looking for somebody who is good at recruitment and training, those are two skill sets that I feel I'm very strong at. When it comes to the rest of human resources, I really don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) Whether it comes to workers' comp or, or labor relations, benefits, these are skills that I don't have, but I promise you I can learn. And if you give me an opportunity, I promise you I will make the most of it. And he looked at me and said, I'm going to give you a shot, Carl. Make me proud. So I took my wife and our six month old baby and we relocated to Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Had an incredible time in Steamboat, won a lot of incredible accolades, and really made my mark with Starwood Hotels. Also finally got on with the fire department. I was able to get on with Craig Fire Rescue. They put me through EMT school, and I served for three incredible years as a firefighter and an EMT part-time in the evenings and on the weekends when I wasn't serving as the director of human resources. And that was was a real pivotal moment in my life between Craig Fire Rescue and the Sheraton Steamboat going back and forth between Steamboat Springs and Craig, incredible leadership, influential people, the opportunity to really lead my family and provide them with a great opportunity in life. We bought our first home and thrived for four years in Colorado. Well, because I was so successful in Colorado, Starwood gave me an opportunity to grow my HR career. They asked me what I wanted to do and I said, you know, I really want 
labor relations experience. I want to work with unions. Then an opportunity presented itself, and I was hired at the St. Regis Princeville on the north shore of Kauai in the beautiful area of Hanalei. There again, another incredible experience. I was able to learn labor relations, work really closely with union employees and with the unions, and again, able to thrive. Was able to work there for about three years, and then there was another phone call. This time it came from Hilton. The Grand Wailea Resort had just laid off all of their executive committee and had hired a brand new managing director. And this gentleman reached out to me. His name's Tom Donovan. Tom reaches out to me and says, I hear you're one of the greatest HR leaders in all of Hawaii. I'm trying to build an all-star team. And I think you'd be an incredible asset to this organization. I agreed to interview with Tom and meet with him. He flew me out to Maui. And the time I spent with him changed my life. Because that property is an iconic hotel and resort. It's gorgeous, right on the beach. Incredible staff. But the most important thing was the leadership that I knew Tom could provide me. And I was so excited to join his team and work with him. So I went and joined Tom and the rest of the all-star executive team. And we were able to turn that entire property around. The employee engagement processes. It was so exciting with such incredible people, people that I love and miss every day. Just under a year after that, I received another call from the CEO of Grand America Hotels and Resorts again, notifying me that one of my mentors had been diagnosed with stage four brain cancer and only had a couple months to live. And as a result, it opened up an opportunity to come back to Salt Lake City and lead human resources for the entire organization. I remember the day I left Maui, I cried. I cried my heart out. Toughest decision I've ever had to make because of my leader, because of my staff, my team, but I was also very excited to be able to bring my family home and really celebrate with my wife and our children, my parents, my in-laws, and come full circle back to Utah. I returned to Utah in March of 2015, and it was an absolute blessing to be able to work for an organization and be able to make such a difference and an impact in streamlining processes and creating great efficiencies, building relationships, really overseeing a true people operations team and a people operations office and having the autonomy to build it the way that I wanted to build it and really create a strong people operations organization. Grateful for my boss, our CEO, for giving me that opportunity. But in late 2018, I felt that there was a much higher purpose that I needed to fulfill. Sitting in an office, being an executive director of people operations and in a beautiful organization, nice, comfortable, large office with a great team, great colleagues, beautiful properties so many wonderful programs that we were implementing, so many incredible resources. It was very hard to step away from, but I knew there was something else I wanted to do. And that something was to make a difference. I wanted to make a difference in the world. And I wanted to make a major impact on people. I wanted to change lives and really transform organizations. And I knew that I couldn't do that being in my office or, or in my company 8, 10, 12 hours a day, five days a week. I knew that I really needed to open my doors and commit myself to focusing on the human experience and the future of work and the future of human resources and, and people operations. Something I've wanted to pursue for a long time. So in April 2019, I left corporate America to found my own company. So here we are. I'm now the founder and CEO of Experience Management Solutions, and that's why I decided to launch this podcast, talking about experience, because experience matters. The human experience is going to be the differentiator between great organizations and organizations that have a tough time surviving as we go into the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. I want to pay homage to Simon Sinek by really stating why. Why did I decide to take this journey with Experience Management Solutions? Why pursue the human experience? Why try to transform organization by organization by really reassessing human resources priorities and taking another look at people and humans? Why? 
I think the answer is simple. HR is broken. It's been broken for a long time. I remember, I believe it was in July or August of 2015, Harvard Business Review featured human resources on their cover. And the picture is a, it's a time bomb. And it says, it's time to blow up HR and build something new. And I remember that was a real wake up call to me. And I'm sure to many other HR executives and HR leaders. I remember going to the National SHRM Conference, the Society for Human Resource Management in Las Vegas. And I remember this is shortly after this issue had come out and they put it on the big screen right behind the keynote speaker. And that was a real sign that it's time to change HR. It's time to evolve into what we truly need to be. And there's a lot of differing opinions on what that is. What is the future of human resources? What is our why? We all know that HR is broken, but where do we go from here? My position on that has evolved quite a bit over the last couple of years. There are many of my colleagues, people I know in the human resources and people operations space that feel in order to get our seat at the table, for us as human resources professionals to show value, we need to lean on operations. We need to become operators. We need to understand the language of the C-suite. That language being finance, operation, sales. We need to speak those languages. We need to understand how a P&L works. What does that top line revenue look like? What drives our business? And how can we really manage and control those bottom line expenses? How do we show our true value? And I think up until a couple of months ago, I subscribed to that way of thinking. I always felt because my father was raised in finance and his father was in finance, I was taught the importance of finance, marketing, sales, operations. I was taught these key factors very young, and my father really drove those lessons into me. And as I look back on my career, I always felt that my success in human resources was really a result of my understanding of being able to speak that language to my key stakeholders. Since leaving corporate America, I've had a lot of time to think. The first four to six weeks, I really just sat back and tried to think about what I wanted to accomplish. What was my why? What did I want to do specifically? And how was I going to go forward and make that happen? Well, as I sat back and really assessed, I realized that it was none of those things that made me successful in human resources. None of them. You want to know the key of what made me successful? Relationships. People. The aloha spirit. I was blessed with a great personality. It's nothing I really work on. It's something that I think both my parents have and I was blessed with. I was blessed to be raised in a home where I was taught love. I was taught service and an attitude of gratitude. And I think a mix of those things is what really gave me all the opportunities that I had. I've always been very humble in the workplace. I've understood that I am no greater than any of my peers or any of my coworkers from the brand new employee that just joined in orientation. I've understood from a very young age that I'm, I'm above none of them, and we just have different sets of responsibilities. But at the end of the day, we all bring an incredible value to an organization. We just have different things to focus on and different responsibilities, but each of us serves as a piece of the strategy for success within an organization. And it's because of this understanding that I've now realized we need to change the way that we think about work as a human resources function. We need to turn our time and our attention toward people. It's really interesting, speaking of Harvard Business Review, back in 1994, an incredible business concept was rolled out through Harvard Business Review, and it was called the Service Profit Chain. And if you go back and review the Service Profit Chain, if this is something you're not familiar with, I encourage you to look it up. But really what it is, is it's a chain of success within an organization. 
And it starts with internal service quality. If you have the right tools and mechanics to set up quality internal service, whether that be the leaders, the tools you provide, all of those items, if you have good internal service quality, that will drive employee engagement. Then if you have engaged employees, your customers are going to feel that. That's going to drive customer loyalty and satisfaction because your customers are going to recognize it. They're going to recognize it through the employees, through the products, through the services. That's going to build customer loyalty and satisfaction. And if you have customer loyalty and customer satisfaction, that alone will drive your growth and profitability. And the idea is that this service profit chain just goes around and around and around from that internal service quality driving the employee engagement to the employee engagement driving customer loyalty and satisfaction to your customer loyalty and satisfaction really driving your growth and profitability which then enables you to continue to scale and have better internal service quality. And I think that business concept really stands tried and true today, but I think there's a little bit of a tweak that we need to make. This was introduced in 1994, and and I believe it's really a sound way of thinking. I think instead of transactional services and engagement and satisfaction, those days are long gone. I think service satisfaction is extinct. Services used to be based on transactions. You would go through and you would check a box and you would have a transaction and a discussion and then you would move on. And I think generationally, that is going to transform dramatically. I think it's already started to transform, especially in some industries, while in others, it hasn't changed at all. And I think we're going from this service profit chain, really driven by transactions, to an experience ecosystem. And what this experience ecosystem really is based on is, number one, it starts with leadership and leadership experience. Jim Clifton and Jim Harder just came out with a brand new book, really emphasizes their whole ideology behind learning your strengths, leading with your strengths, and so forth. But Jim Clifton and Jim Harder based this book on the largest global study of the future of work. And what Gallup found is that the quality of leaders and managers is the single biggest factor in your organization's long-term success. Now, this isn't an opinion. This is data they have collected. Now, based on that in this experience ecosystem, I say it really starts with the leadership experience. The leaders that you hire and the tools that you provide them with and the autonomy and support, that is what's going to drive your employee experience. And the employee experience is something I think we're going to have to focus on a lot more when we look at the future of work. Many people use a word to define the employee experience, which is culture. What is our culture? And I think even the word culture needs to be reassessed and reevaluated because culture isn't free drinks in the cafeteria and neon lighting across the wall with our mission, vision, and values and chairs to take a nap in during my lunch hour or open office space where nobody has an office and we can all sit and talk to each other. I believe people have misclassified those types of items with culture. I think the experience that your employees have at work, driven by their leader, that's the culture, how they feel, what they're able to accomplish. I was taught many years ago that there is a series of what are called human truths. And these are truths that every human needs in their life to have balance and harmony. I think this really speaks to the employee experience. Now, these five human truths are every individual wants to feel a sense of belonging. Every human wants to feel like they're understood. Every human wants to feel like they're in control. Every human wants to feel special, and every human wants to feel like they can reach their potential. If leaders can provide an environment where employees are able to really hit each of these five human truths, I truly believe that their experience will be phenomenal. And if they can work with teams 
that they love, that's what's going to drive that employee experience. Being able to thrive in your workplace, learn, have a great leader that invests their time and attention towards you, being able to accomplish many things, have a career path where you get new opportunities and you can grow, that is what an employee experience is all about. And if you have people who are having great employee experiences, that'll drive your customer experiences. They're going to feel that coming through your products, your services, and your employees. And that will make them want to do business with you, which will again drive growth and profitability. And if you have growth and profitability, then you're able to invest in more. And that's where I think the leadership experience is going to be so critical. So that is what I refer to as the experience ecosystem. Again, that is the leadership experience, which drives the employee experience, employee experience, driving customer experiences, and those customer experiences, obviously driving that growth and profitability. So as we go through and start recording new episodes of this podcast, it's something I feel is going to be very raw. It's going to be very organic and it's going to be honest. I have a lot of really deep rooted feelings about how our workplaces need to change and evolve. I believe technology and a shift in generations in the workplace and in our consumer base have really driven so much change externally, but yet the workplace has not evolved quickly enough to match that pace. I believe we have so much work to do within our workplaces and HR needs to drive that change. Instead of learning the language of the C-suite, HR needs to learn the language of people. We need to learn the language of people and then we need to teach the C-suite the language of people. That's where our true value is going to come. Is once we learn that language of humans and we teach it to the C-suite, we are going to be invaluable because the future of work will be based on human production. Technology, AI, all these great things are going to be supplementary to people. You cannot have an effective organization without good humans. We will launch our official first episode on Wednesday, June 12th, and then we'll be releasing one every single week on Wednesdays, and I hope that you find value in this podcast. I hope that it helps you to look at things a little differently than you currently do, and I hope these podcasts enlighten you, they help you to find ways to be creative in really transforming your workplace, because the future of work depends on human resources. I really appreciate all of those who downloaded this episode, and I ask you to subscribe. We are up and live on Apple Podcasts. We're also up on Google Podcasts. We're available on Stitcher, and also you can listen to us on Spotify by searching for the Human Experience Podcast featuring Carl Sokia. If you have any topics that you want to hear about, please email me. My email is carl at xm.solutions. Again, I want to thank you for downloading this episode of the podcast. And I look forward to bringing you many more exciting podcast topics and providing a lot of value into your HR acumen and also really helping you to start reimagining your workplace so that we can create a better workplace for our children and our children's children. Much aloha, my friends. Until next time.